We are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, Vihine Ish Elohim Bame Yehuda. Um, but before we begin, I must tell you very proudly that we are going into a um, podcast format today, uh, in addition to the regular Navi Shir, which makes uh, accesses us to a lot more sites and people. And for this, I must thank our audio engineer, uh, Danny Agus, assisted by Oren Richland. And at the same time, I would be remiss in Hakoras Hatov if I didn't thank the Gevura Shul uh, for the uh, wonderful support and encouragement they have given us. The Gevura Shul, of course, is located in the heart of the financial district in Manhattan. So with that, let us begin your Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, but let's set the stage for a minute. We saw that Yerubim ben Nevat was chosen specifically by the Kaddish Baruch Hu to take the ten tribes of Israel and they were to be separated as a punishment to the Malchus of Shlomo. So you would have the ten tribes in the north of Yisrael, the two tribes of Binyamin Yehuda in the south of Yehuda. And initially we saw that he was chosen for this task because he had a great sense of uh, righteousness. He was a ben Torah. He was God-fearing. And then we saw that somehow, due to a combination of perhaps anxiety or insecurity followed by arrogance, which is a very strange combination, he makes certain changes, initially very innocent, but morphing into something very sinister, dangerous, and above all, sinful. What Yerubim did was feel that if this access between the 10 tribes of Israel and Yerushalayim and the base Mikdash, this connection, were to continue, in other words, the people would go up the Regalim at least three times a year, Yerevan was worried there was going to be a, a nostalgia, a sort of yearning for the good old days when we were one nation. And he was fearful of that. He also felt that the system in the base of Hamikdash makes him sort of a second-class king. For example, Medrash tells us that only, it's not a Medrash, it's a Halacha Moshe Sinai, that only the king of Malchus based David is permitted to sit in the Azorah. Everyone would have to stand. So Yerubim calculated if he went down for the Regalim, he's standing with the masses while the king on the other side, Rehavim, is sitting. And it looks like he's sort of a second-class king. Moreover, we have the Halacha that uh, not once every year, once every seven years, on the last day of Sukkot, the Melech reads the book of Zvarim to the assembled masses. How would it look if it is Rechavim that's reading it? So what he did was institute a system. And as I say, it was innocent at first. He wanted to keep his 10 tribes within the confines of his territory, not 
transferring to Yerushalayim at least three times a year. So what he did was build two Egel Hazahab, plural, golden calves, not as a replacement for the Kaddish Baruch Hu. What he did, he wanted them to simulate, as it were, that the golden calf in the Midbar was when Moshe didn't return, the people panicked, it didn't return on time, and so he wanted to make sort of a representation, a replacement for Moshe, to give them something tangible. He in no way uh, wanted, as in our case, he in no way wanted to replace the Kaddish Baruch He did want to replace the Beis HaMikdash as a gathering place. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be, like, just in terms of bad judgment, how bad can your judgment be? Taking one of the worst sins committed by Israel and replicating that. Right, double, double replicating it. Yes, colossal bad judgment, as we're going to see. So again, his concept was, I hate to use the vernacular, sort of a breakaway minion. He wasn't replacing the Kaddish Baruch, who say the Mephoshim. He just wanted a different location for the Tfilos and the Regolim. But it soon morphed into a festival of Odazara. He put one Egel in Beitel, one of the southern regions, which has a tangible connection to Kedusha, and that's where Yaakov uh, had his dream with the ladders, uh, and they offered a Mizbeach there, and Dun, the most northernmost province in B'nai Israel. And as I say, it soon morphed into unbridled Avodah Zarah. And of course, we saw the Kohanim and Levim would have no part of this. And so what he did simply, Yerubim, is fire them. Got rid of the Kohanim. Got rid of the Levim. And he became, for all intents and purposes, the Kohen Gadol. And he replaces, he makes a made-up holiday, as a bogus sham of a holiday exactly a month after Sukkot so that he would have his own holiday. Others say he changed other holidays, he changed the dates of Shabbos, and so we've got a full-fledged Avodah Zarah in a country that thankfully, for the most part of 80 years, had not had Avodah Zarah anymore. We saw what a problem it was in Shmuel and uh, Shoftim. Now there wasn't, and now it is back full bloom. So now... But when... when um Yeruvim was anointed or designated the king of Israel. Why weren't these, you know, issues they just left open? Because you now we're getting into the whole whole question again of one of our favorite topics, Bechira Chavshin. He was a tzaddik. He was really a tzaddik at the time, Yeruvim. He was chosen because of his righteousness. And now we see because of a variety of circumstances, he morphs into something terrible, evil, and just um, destroying the nation completely. And as we said the Friday, tremendous impact on us as a people that still survives today. But he would have had no idea what to do about some of the issues that, that you raised about the service in the temple. How would he know how to how to navigate those issues, you know, being... He, not because his, his disagreement with Shlomo, ironically, was Shlomo's 
failure to provide the total access that Dovid found, specifically breaching the wall so people could come through the palace to the base on Mikdash, and uh, specifically um, filling that uh, Milo, which was a gathering place for pilgrims on the thing. So he was an advocate of total temple access. And now he becomes the advocate. And they say it wasn't just a sort of a uh, voluntary closure. He had sentries at checkpoints that prevented B'nai Yisrael. But, but wasn't, for Yerobam, like what, what was he supposed to do? Was he supposed to be a second-class king, in quotes? Was he supposed to go to... Go to the go to the Beit Hamikdash. Of course, and just and and let Rehoboam or whoever was king. Yes, because those two functions were strictly Malchus Yehuda. He had to realize that that you know he was he was a breakaway republic. But if he had to go to the Beit Hamikdash, and yes, he had to be as it were a, a second class king. He said they're going to think the Medrash says they're going to think I'm an Eved to Rechavon. In any event, let us begin with Yud Gimel. And just again, this set to say, Yerubim is standing up at the Mizbeach, not just doing a regular sacrifice, because there's no more Kohanim in Levian. He is doing the Ketores, the incense burning, which we know halachically from the Torah, is done by the Kohen Gadol. He's not just the Kohen now, He's the Kohen Gadol. And now he gets a strange visitation. Let us begin. Someone comes in Ish Elohim, comes from Yehuda with words from the Kodesh Barakim to Beisel. And Yerobam is up there doing the Ketores in the Beisel. Uh, property, etc. And this person, Ishel Kim, is a Navi. He is a Navi MS named Edo, listed as one of the 48 legitimate Navian in the Gemara. And he has the additional honorific name as an Ishel Kim. Only seven Navian have that. So he was the real deal, Edo. And he comes up on the commandment of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and of course finds Yerobam right there on top of the bima offering Ketores. And he calls to the Mizbeach, Edo. He uses the language Mizbeach in the plural, one for the Mizbeach at Beit El, where he is at now, and one for the other Mizbeach at Dun. Koamar Hashem, thus saith the Lord, Hinei bein nolad leveis David, Yoshiyohu shmo, v'zobach olecha eskonei ha'vamos v'amachirim olecha, v'atzmos adam yisrafu olecha, a violent prophecy. He says, Mizbeach, what is going to happen is that there will be a child, a descendant of base David, named Yoshiyahu, and he is going to put upon you on the Mizbeach the Kohane Habomos, the false Kohanim that 
Yerubim installed, the Hamaktir and those who do Ketoros Alecha, he's going to burn you on top of that furnace, the Atzmos Adam Yisrifu Alecha, and the bones of those who um, sacrifice to you will be put on the bima. Usually, of course, we put bones of Korbanos. He's saying that the bones of those who participated and that they're going to have to be reinterred, as we see, and the interesting part of this Nabua, he's giving you the name. He's saying Yoshio Shemo. Yoshio will not be born for another 300 years. And he is going to avenge this desecration. And he will put the Kohanim on them and the bones upon them. And of course, he means Yeruvim, but covered Malchus, he doesn't say it. And if you ever needed proof to the Mephoshim that Edo was what we would call a Novi Emes, and this becomes important because it's to be contradistinguished with a Novi who's going to appear in a few more psukim, that he was a Novi Emes. And the more specifics a Novi gives you, like the specific, his name is Yoshio, it's 300 years in the future, you know that is a Novi Emes, or at least a great sign of it. And when we get in Yerza Hashem, in Malachim Beis, to Chav Gimel, Peret Chav Gimel, we will see that everything he prophesied came true with Yoshio. Meanwhile, Benosan Bayom Hahu, that's 300 years from now. Now, Ido, the Novi Emes, is going to give a sign of the anger of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Ahu mofes leimor, a sign, zeha mofes asher diber Hashem. This is what the Kaddish Baruch Hu is talking right now. Hinei hamizbeach nikra, the top of the altar will be torn in half, v'nishbach hadeshen asher alav, and the ashes upon it will fall to the sides. Notice the use of the verb nikra, because that's when Achiloni the Novi appears originally to Yerobam. He says, we are tearing the Malchus from Shomanikra, and he cuts that garment into 12 symbolic pieces. So there's no accident in the verb Nikra. And this is what will happen. By Yehi Kishmoa HaMelech, when Yerobam hears this, when he hears this terrible prophecy, he stretches forth his hand, and what the Mephoshim says, he stretches forth his hand to signal his guards to seize this guy. Uh, and what happens, he extends his hand, throw him out. Vativash Yodo, his arm dries up, it withers. Asher Shalach Alav, below Yochol Lahashiva Alav. Yeruvam cannot withdraw his arms. It is paralyzed, it is withered, it is frozen. Vamizbeach Nikra, and now, as ordered, the miracle occurs. The ark is split in half. By Yisro Chadeshen, the ashes are thrown in the Mizbeach. Exactly as this Ishelokim, this Novi MS prophesied. And he says to him, Please pray to your God, the Hispalel Ba'adi, and pray for me. Notice the use of the word Elokecha. He's not saying our God, he's saying Elokecha, and they're two interesting polar opposite 
Mephorshim. One says this shows the, just the depth of this man's blasphemy. He's not even acknowledging that Kaddish Baruch was his God. And the other parish says to the contrary. He knows that he is just sinning now, and he doesn't have the effrontery to now sin and invoke God as his God while he's doing Avodah Zarah on top of the Mizbeah. But Tashav Yodhi, a light, will return my hand. And now Edo follows. Hashem. His hand returns a love. So that could mean now his hand has the power it had previously, but others say he is unchanged by the experience. It had no impact on him. The Navi, so deep is he now into this Avodah Zarah that a Navi appearing from him. The Navi performing a miracle like the withered hand. The Navi praying that it be returned. Nothing does not make a slightest impact. Now he's very grateful, however, and he says, Come to my house, let me feed you, let me give you a gift, a matana. Some of Hashem say he's trying to bribe him. And he says to him, If you were to give me half of your house, sounds like Ahasuerus, to Esther, uh, if you give me half of your house, lo ovo, I'm not coming with you. Velo ochal lechem, I will not eat bread with you. Velo eshtem mayim, b'makomas, I will not eat drink in this place. Ki chen siva osim b'jvar Hashem le'mor, Kodesh Baruch who commanded me, lo sochal lechem, velo sishtem mayim, velo shoshuf v'derech, asher halachta. And do not even go back to Yehuda now, the way that you came, use a completely different Torah, shows the depth of the Avodah Zorah, and to show that it just isn't existing, that that road doesn't exist. Uh, does exactly what he's told, El Beisel. He starts out of Beisel to return to Yehuda. And now, we are going to meet a very strange Navi who just wants this man to come to his house, setting off a chain of, there's no other word for it, for disasters, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, Adkath.